Support for IPR comes from Corridor Vein Center and Corridor Aesthetics, treatment for varicose veins and spider veins, also providing facial rejuvenation services and treatment for moderate to severe acne. More at Corridor Vein and Corridor Aesthetics.com. Today is Thursday. It is the 9th of November. This is Here First from IPR News. I'm Michael Leland. The head of Iowa's Law Enforcement Training Academy says its facilities, processes, and training have been unacceptable. IPR's Katarina Sestarek reports a group of state lawmakers is planning to recommend more funding. Brady Carney became director of the Iowa Law Enforcement Academy in March. He told a state house committee Wednesday that there is a crisis in recruitment of law enforcement officers and the state's training resources have been inadequate. And ultimately, when it comes down to brass tacks about what is your training product, what is ILEA uh, doing, for new hires and what is it creating and supplying for training content across the state of Iowa, uh, unacceptable. Carney says the curriculum is being updated as it was up to two decades old in some cases. He says the Academy Council worked through a major decertification backlog that meant some police officers continue to work when they should have been suspended. Carney also says the Academy doesn't have proper training facilities. Republican Representative Stephen Holt says it's very clear the state isn't properly funding the Academy. The Iowa Utilities Board hearing on Summit Carbon Solutions proposed pipeline has resumed this week. A schedule on the board's website indicates today the company will start offering its rebuttal to dozens of landowners who've testified they don't want the pipeline on their property. Neil Dahlquist owns land in Palo Alto County. He testified yesterday saying he's been unable to get confirmation that his insurance company would provide liability coverage if the pipeline ruptured. If there's a catastrophe, it's going to bankrupt us. And uh, it's something that shouldn't be forced on us. Why wreck all this good land by doing something that's going to harm uh, people? Last month, another company, Navigator, canceled its carbon pipeline project. The company cited unpredictable regulatory processes in states along the proposed pipeline route. Democrat Lanon Bacom has announced he is running for Congress in Iowa's 3rd Congressional District, challenging incumbent Republican Zach Nunn. IPR's Grant Gerlach reports Bacom is running behind his record as a military veteran and a public servant with the Department of Agriculture. Bacom worked two stints with the USDA, most recently as Deputy Chief of Staff and earlier working with veterans transitioning to new careers. The 42-year-old served in the Iowa Army National Guard and deployed to Afghanistan as a combat engineer. He says the work was focused on finding solutions to problems, something he says Congress should do more of. If a bunch of guys from across the political spectrum, can build a brotherhood to defend this country. Like, we can do that again in Congress. And I plan to do that when I go up there. Bakam is a Mount Pleasant native and the son of Taidam refugees who came to Iowa in 1980. He says his campaign will focus on issues including improving economic opportunities and protecting abortion rights. The trial for the wife of a Woodbury County supervisor accused of voter fraud starts Monday. This week, new court documents name him as an unindicted co-conspirator. Kim Taylor was arrested in January and pled not guilty to 52 counts of voter fraud. Prosecutors say she filled out and cast absentee ballots in her husband Jeremy Taylor's unsuccessful run for Congress and a supervisor's run race in 2020. 
Court documents show witnesses are expected to testify that Jeremy Taylor said he had a lock on a substantial number of votes from the Vietnamese community, and if the sheriff donated to Taylor's campaign, he'd get between 500 and 700 votes. Jeremy Taylor sent a statement to IPR News saying, in part, it's not true, and the truth will come out next week. Iowa has run into another setback in an effort to launch a state-funded network of crisis pregnancy centers. The Des Moines Register reports the Iowa Department of Health and Human Services has failed again to identify anyone who can manage the state's More Options for Maternal Support, or MOMS, program. It's a proposal by Governor Kim Reynolds to provide $2 million to fund anti-abortion centers. It's here first from Iowa Public Radio. Hi, it's Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We bring you in-depth, long-form interviews with actors, directors, musicians, authors, journalists, and more. Listen to our Peabody Award-winning Fresh Air podcast from WHYY and NPR. Killers of the Flower Moon was a best-selling non-fiction book about the brutal murders of Osage Indians for their wealth and land. Now it's a blockbuster movie, and the community where many of those murders took place is wrestling with how to open up about this painful past. Harvest Public Media contributor Allison Herrera takes us to Fairfax, Oklahoma. Dr. Carol Connor knows downtown Fairfax, population 1100, like the back of her hand. So a few years ago, it really started catching her attention when she would see cars parked in front of the historic Tall Chief Theater. And so I would be driving down our main street, which is mostly vacant of cars, and there would be a Volvo or a Lexus. Carol is a little extroverted. So I would pull up next to them and say, what are you doing here? Did you read the book? And they would say, how did you know that? Well, duh, there's no one else on the street and you're in a Lexus from Minnesota. (laughs) This was shortly after David Grant's nonfiction book was released. Carol and her husband, Joe, an Osage citizen, decided to use money from the nonprofit they run called the Fairfax Community Foundation to offer more information. We need to do something. So I, I basically created this exhibit, giving people a background of who the Osage people were, how we got here, what led up to the murders. Dr. Joe Connor said he wanted to tell people the why. What was the impact of those murders on this community afterwards? At my high school, actually had us all read the book, and that's the first time I found out about the murders and what happened to the Osage people. Owen Hutchison is a young Osage man who works for Joe and Carol Connor and grew up in Fairfax. I think a part of that was Osages that do still live here didn't want to talk about it. I mean, it's a scary past and it's it's hard. And then the people who are non-Osages that lived here either didn't know or they were complicit at the time. Shannon Shaw Duty is the editor of the Osage News and also grew up here. Her great aunt Liz was alive at the time and had friends and family who were murdered. They didn't want to talk about it and we never understood, but we do now. We understand it now. It was too painful. When the book hit the shelves in 2017, Carol remembers getting a very frosty response when she put an item in the paper she and Joe published called the Fairfax Chief, a newspaper that's been around since the 1920s. So small town newspapers, no one ever unsubscribes. They die, but they don't unsubscribe. But the week that we had David Grant at the Tall Chief Theater to sign books, I had 12 people unsubscribe from the newspaper. But a few years later, attitudes began to change. 
Martin Scorsese signed on to direct the movie, and that was exciting. And more importantly, his film crew actually listened to Osages about their concerns for the movie. Joe and Carol Connor wanted to take the momentum of the film and run with it. They're part of an effort to revitalize downtown Fairfax, including a historic theater built for the community after the murders. In front of, though, that's we're the most. Standing, oh, we're standing right in front of the uh, Tall Chief Theater. Uh, Saving it is a passion project for Joe Connor. And we see this as an investment in the future of not only just Osages but also the entire community. Osage citizen Danette Daniels is also trying to uplift the community. She was raised here. She's opening up a museum, gift, and coffee shop in a building she bought and renovated. I want to be part of bringing Fairfax back, uh, revitalizing Fairfax. She's hoping to give tours on the second floor of the building where the two doctors, the Schoen brothers, allegedly poisoned Osages. Oh my God. Look, <gasps> so this is filmed in the movie? Whoa. This is filmed. They yeah. showed staircase. Yes. I asked Annette how she felt about offering tours to people about this terrible subject. Well, it's history. So it's just the truth. And people need to understand the truth. What does it feel like to own part of this history? Um, it feels good, especially as an Osage person. Yeah, taking it back. Taking back history. These Fairfax citizens see the movie as an opportunity to honor the victims of the murders and move forward. For Harvest Public Media, I'm Allison Herrera. Since Allison reported this story, Joe Connor has passed away. Harvest Public Media is a collaboration of public media newsrooms in the Midwest and Great Plains, including IPR News, covering agriculture, food systems, and rural issues. That's here first from IPR News. I'm Michael Leland. Have a great day.